0: We have our second guest, Kyle, today. He's also a member of the club, McMaster Diabetes Association. What's your role at McMaster Diabetes Association?
1: I'm uh, one of the VPs of social.
0: Okay, VP social. So he's here today to talk about his experiences. Um, so first off, just give us a brief introduction of yourself.
1: Of course. Um, so my name is Kyle, obviously. I'm at my uh, second year at McMaster doing physics. I'm very much enjoying it. Um, I'm also a piano teacher. I teach uh, six students regularly. I've taught a couple more in the past. Uh, I work at a recreation center part time. Um, I have a brother who's high school aged, grade 12. I live in Brampton. And uh, that's a little bit about me, I suppose. I've had diabetes for like nine years or something. Nine, no, seven. So years how old again. were you?
2: When you were I was 12.
1: 12th grade, seven, a couple days before Halloween actually. I remember like Mm -hmm. a couple days after we got back from the hospital is when I went trick-or-treating.
0: Okay, so do you want to give us a little rundown of that, kind of when you found out that experience?
1: Of course, of course. Um, I was was actually very fortunate. um, Talking with other people with type one, I've come to learn that um, my condition was caught pretty fast in comparison to most. A lot of people end up being wheeled into the hospital like barely conscious. but thankfully, I had very diligent parents who were very concerned about, about me and they were noticing things about uh, my physical health that I didn't necessarily notice. So they took me to the doctor and um, the doctor had me pee in a cup and I peed in the cup and they came back and they were like, yeah, there's a lot and a lot of sugar in here. So I got sent to Emerge at the, the hospital near near my house and I spent four nights there. Um, getting my sugar slowly diluted. I had an IV. um, Learning basically what diabetes even was because I didn't know what it was. I didn't have any idea at all. Um, My only experience with it before that was uh, I played on a hockey team when I was in uh, grade five or so and one of my teammates, my defense partner actually was diabetic. Um, And he had a tube pump and I didn't know anything about it. I just know that this guy couldn't eat sugar. Um, so it was a learning process in the hospital, and uh, finally got out. And uh, it was it was very uh, difficult for sure. It was definitely one of the hardest things I've experienced. But uh, you know, as we'll get into soon, I imagine a lot of good things have come out of my experience as
2: well.
0: And what were kind of the emotions you were going through when you found out? Like from going to the hospital and then finding out the diagnosis. Like what were the kind of you with
1: that? It, it was uh it was really ridiculous because um obviously going to the doctor for that visit um I knew something was wrong with me like I was I was drinking a, a, a lot I don't know if anyone watching knows this but one of the telltale symptoms of, of type 1 diabetes when that uh, your pancreas starts to uh cease to work um you get really really dehydrated because there's sugar in your blood that can get to your your body so your body's natural instinct is to tell you to drink water to flush it out but obviously that's in vain it's not flushing anything out and eventually you just you just die from dehydration is is eventually what kills you um so obviously I knew something was happening I was drinking like a giant bottle of water like every half hour I just had no idea it was going to be something as drastic as as diabetes and I I remember you know peeing in that cup and then waiting and then when they they came in my doctor was like yeah it's diabetes it was it was nothing but shock really it wasn't really um, and did anger, you know
0: anything about diabetes? Nothing,
1: not like a that? single thing, not a single thing. Um, like, I didn't even know the difference between type 1 and type 2. Like, yeah. like my first thought was, like, oh, my God, how did this happen to me? Like, I'm a healthy kid, I play sports, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, like, overeat, I don't, mm-hmm. I lead a healthy lifestyle. So, it, it was nothing but confusion. But um, as as more things started to come to light, that sort of shifted into, uh, into this feeling of, like, why me, right? Yeah. Like, of all the people... That could have gotten this. Could have gotten any condition. Why? Why had? Why did yeah. it happen to me? Right. I that was imagine, basically that.
0: Like that must have been super difficult to find out. And and how did your family react to the news?
1: Oh. <laughs> did the
0: emotions there.
1: Um. Well, my fa- my mom was with me in, in the doctor's office. It was ju- it was just me and her, and uh, she was obviously like terribly upset. She was um, and she kind of had a feeling that it was going to be going in a direction like this, like her. And herself and my dad had done research, and they kind of had a, an inkling that it might have been diabetes, but they hadn't told me because they probably didn't want to scare me. Yeah. Um, but it was, everyone was obviously upset. Everybody was very surprised because I have no family history mm-hmm. of this. Uh, it was completely random and out of the blue.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so a lot of confusion, but everyone was very supportive. Like I had I had my grandparents come visit me. Um, Everybody was right there and nobody was, you know, causing any issues. I have a, I have a very supportive family and that's something I'm very thankful for.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I think similar to our last guest and my cousin, they both we both share the, the experience of the family being super supportive and mm-hmm. wanting to learn about the diagnosis and learn as much as they can to support. And I think that's like part of, it just helps so much when you're getting used to a new diagnosis is like having that support system around you. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely I think um one of one of the things kind of probably something we'll get a little bit more into later um
2: it,
1: something like diabetes really forces you to come together with uh with your family and you know those who work together um with you to you know maintain your health so it's usually your family but if you're older that might be like your wife or or whatever but really coming in and, and putting group effort into you know maintaining something like this uh it can be a bonding experience, like the, my mom and I. Like the the level of closeness that we're at, probably a lot because of this condition, because she's my primary teammate. It's usually me and her who are working to figure out problems and stuff, yeah. and uh, just that that level of interaction has really brought us a lot closer yeah. together. I think than than would have happened otherwise.
0: And yeah, and you're mentioning all these positive things that you got from this experience, and I know before you mentioned. You were like, kind of like, why me? Like, why does it have to be, so how did you, how did that shift happen? From like, why me to like, maybe I can think about the good things that will come out of this situation.
1: Uh, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty quick shift, honestly, because um, obviously when I, when I first got it, uh, I spent like two weeks um, at home because I, I couldn't go to school. I was still figuring out like what the hell was even going on. Like my sugar was still a little bit weird. I didn't know how to work my uh I didn't I didn't have a pump I was doing the injections at that point so I was getting used to those so I was just like no no school right so for those two weeks I was just sitting there by myself and kind of uh working through things and then I finally you know went to school and started going to hockey practices and the first thing I noticed um was uh was the way people treated me um and that it wasn't bad by any means I was never treated poorly by anyone um there was there was a lot of sympathy there was a lot of people who were like you know expressing like oh like i'm really sorry that happened like asking questions um being like oh like you don't look like someone who would have diabetes how exactly did that happen so then i would have to explain the the ins and outs of type one versus type two but if i had to summarize i was getting a lot of pity from from people that didn't really know me like um i would go into like my change room and then if uh someone would maybe like ask me a question about diabetes and I would start elaborating and then this person would I I got the sense that they get the feeling that they've asked the wrong question or that they're pushing me beyond a point of where I'm comfortable and then they'll start like apologizing and like you know putting on these kid gloves to talk to me and that's something that like really rubbed my fur the wrong way right I don't like being someone who who's pitied by other people. I don't want others people, well, I want people to be nice to me, right? But I don't want anyone to look at me and be like, oh, I feel sorry for that guy.
0: Yeah, Um, like not see you as any lesser.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I noticed this and I was thinking, well, obviously like I can't fault these people. They're just trying to be nice. And I think um, whenever you're talking to someone who has a condition like that, it's your first uh, impulse to not push and prod because you don't want to like hurt anyone's feelings. but, but it went beyond that. It's almost like I was being treated like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of that's probably like my own way of viewing things. And a lot of people in my situation, I imagine, wouldn't have seen it like that. And maybe would have been really appreciative of, uh, of those gestures. Um, but I wasn't. right. So I quickly realized that um, a lot of people... Uh, for lack of a better word, were, we're seeing me as, as some kind of victim of my circumstances.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I, I quit, pretty quickly decided that I was going to show people that I wasn't a victim of my circumstances, that I was going to, to make the best of the situation and show everyone that in spite of having this condition, I can do anything that anyone else can do. Um, I can have the same dreams. I can have the same goals. I can reach the same levels, uh, no matter what. So one of the things that I I pretty quickly started to do, um, I started to poke a lot of fun at myself, right? I remember like a particular instance in in grade seven where somebody was, was complaining that something didn't work and they're like, I'm like, Oh, just like my pancreas. Right. And that was like the first time I'd ever really, you know, done anything like that. And, And then like, everyone was like really taking that back. Like, Oh my God, Kyle has this condition and he's joking about it like what's even the protocol yeah. here do we laugh do we <laughs> do we not laugh and, and a lot of people laughed and I was like oh like that's good that made me feel good I made yeah. some people laugh right um and I think that's very representative of kind of my my outlook on the condition um like I'm not gonna let it bog me down and if anything I'm going to try to use it to lift spirits
0: yeah a little bit so you were trying to kind of let people know that it's like not to pity you like exactly the condition does not make you any mm-hmm. like it's not kind of something you're embarrassed of or you need to hide exactly into, right? yeah yeah like
1: i'm not i i don't i'm not embarrassed about like my tubes or my sensors yeah. like i'll walk around on the beach i, I really don't care and the other thing I, I really wanted people to understand is that um i didn't mind talking about it i yeah. always get the feeling like whenever i started talking like with someone group about group yeah, yeah yeah people would be like like, oh, I don't wanna like pry too much, but like, can you elaborate on this or like what's that? I'm like, I would love to elaborate on that. I love talking about diabetes, yeah. right? Because I can I get to talk about myself, I get to talk about my condition, yeah. you learn something, I learn something, because I, I find usually when I'm talking or writing, I'm thinking in my head, and then sometimes I'll have an idea that I didn't consider before. So it's to everyone's benefit, really. Um, and it's and it's to everybody's detriment if you're just gonna be I don't know an asshole about it. Like, yeah. if you're going to, you know, get in somebody's face for for asking you a wrong yeah. question, that that just gives the the impression that you know you're weak and you're not dealing with the situation very well. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of lashing out at others instinctively. It it really is about the what you show to the world. Yeah. Right. That's what I strongly believe.
0: And I know you mentioned like some people might sensitive to the topic when they're first diagnosed or Mm -hmm. kind of be angry Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um and they might lash out on people so do you think there's certain situations where you can (laughs) please tell me it didn't stop okay
2: awesome do you
0: think there are certain situations where you do need to be cautious around people and if if so like what kind of advice would you give to those people because my cousin he actually went to therapy he talked about his experience going to therapy for Um, in diabetes group with other kids who were kind of self-pitying themselves and he almost felt like he gave up in a sense at one point like he was so tired of checking his blood sugar all the time and he was just like why me and he was just giving up like he wouldn't check it so he went to therapy and it really helped him so I was just wondering like, do you know of any other support systems that maybe you know of or that other people have used in your life or
1: so yeah I'll I'll break that down part by part because there's a lot of layers first of all um how would I how would I approach someone who who maybe isn't as as lackadaisical as someone like myself about yeah. diabetes? Um, well, the the first thing I would I would recommend is uh, neutrality. Okay, so first of all, um, don't be the first one to make a joke, or don't be the first one to to like maybe bring it up or like ask a question, or or wait for something to kind of come up by itself. Like if you're in a conversation and um, and, you know, like somehow diabetes comes up and it kind of naturally flows in a certain way, then I, I think nine times out of ten, you're good to ask a question. Mm-hmm. And if and if that particular person isn't dealing with it well, um, then I think the onus is on them to to be like, oh, you know, not really comfortable right now. Maybe we can change the topic of conversation. Because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like um like a pet peeve almost. Or right? like if you have a pet peeve um, regarding people like, bouncing their legs and and you're sitting at a table with someone bouncing their leg, you don't really have the right to go and yell at them for bouncing their leg. It's your pet peeve. You kind of have to deal with it or find another place to sit. It's the same way with diabetes. If you, if you know yourself, uh, if you know that you're not good at talking about it and if you know that you're not good at communicating it, I think you have to let your social group know because I think, um, transparency is the most important thing. And, um, Nine times out of ten, people will respect that. Uh, I've, I've never, ever met someone
2: who, who
1: didn't have any problems, like, dropping diabetes, because it seemed like everybody almost already wanted to do that. I always yeah. had to be the one, like, to say, oh, it, it's okay, you know, we can talk about yeah. this, it's fine. Um, and now in response to maybe what other sources people have, um, if, they're, if they're struggling... Well, um, I haven't really, I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but I haven't, thank, thank God, I'm going to some wood here. I haven't struggled too much. I haven't really battled too many demons, but, um, the, the best thing for me is just my friends and not even my family, but like my actual, like honest to God friends who are, who are my age, because I find that, um, and I think every teenager can relate to this on some level, um. You can be a little bit more freer when you're with your friends than with your parents. When you're with your parents, you're kind of trying to uh, uphold this image of, like, oh, I'm nice, I'm proper, like, I'm a good kid. And then you, like, hang out with your friends, and then you can actually kind of be your real self a little bit more, right? Um, So if I'm ever annoyed with diabetes or or feel like yelling at someone or something, uh, I'll call up one of my buddies, and I'll be like, bro, like, you won't believe what my butt sugar's been doing today, right? And, And they'll listen to that. Yeah. Um, I, I had like my own social worker when I was, when I was younger, like under 18 at the, at the hospital. Cause diabetes, diabetics, they have to have these, uh, appointments every three months where they have to go in and check in with like their endocrinologist and dietitian. It's basically a box that you have to check so that the government sees that you're like, you know, jumping through all the hoops and crossing your T's and dotting your I's so that they continue to find your insulin. So, um, I would go to those appointments every three months, and I'd have a social worker who would always ask me like, "Oh, everything doing okay, Kyle? Like, how's school?" And I'd always be like, "Yeah, everything's fine, this and that." But um, but I always felt a hundred percent comfortable. If ever if there was ever a problem, I could have uh, gone to her. And I think there's also your your everyday um, resources. You know, like you can go see a therapist, like a shrink or whatever. Um, you have schools
2: associations like the the MDA at McMaster for instance yeah. other schools have similar things
1: um, school counselors uh, there's there's a whole bunch of options it's just the hardest thing to do is to actually go to one of those options and, and like yeah. actually do something because uh, I'm gonna bounce off something you said about um you know your your cousin's experience with it being your cousin you said yeah, yeah being with uh, other diabetics who seem to have kind of given up a little bit okay. Um, as soon as you stop caring as soon as you you internalize this idea of like apathy like oh, I don't give a crap I'll just yeah. let my sugar do what it wants to do well then then you're screwed yeah. right because then then you've accepted your your current situation and the it's both a curse a, a curse and a blessing for us as humans we're very adaptable so when when things get worse we we can make the best of it of it, Core situation really easily, but sometimes it's to our detriment because we'll get comfortable with something that we shouldn't be comfortable with. We should be we will get comfortable with, uh, you know, having a blood sugar of thirteen and fourteen every single day. Um, but you shouldn't be comfortable with that. That's that's very bad for your health long term. Um, yeah. And the, the the first step is always the hardest one to make.
0: Interesting. And if you're comfortable sharing, did you ever have any experiences with maybe friends or family members who maybe bullied you or any type of harassment in terms of diabetes? Um, I know it's rare, as you said. There, I can really only yeah. think
1: of of one instance where I was like actually ever um like penalized. I guess wouldn't maybe be an okay word um for being a diabetic, and it was. It's very. It was very tangent to the to the issue at at a uh, at hand. It was just like some some sixth grade asshole in my class, and he was kind of a, a kid who used to bust my chops a lot, and um, he would make comments like "Oh, shut up, go eat your stinkers" or something like that. But like that was that was really something that I could brush under the rug because that was just yeah. like a, a stupid playground insult that like I mean it didn't even make any sense. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what diabetes exactly. is. Like I just laughed at the guy. Yeah. Um, There's a whole bunch of situations I can think of where um, I've I've had to like jump through stupid loops as a diabetic. Maybe not like bullying, or but like. um,
0: Ever disfrosted from stuff. Yeah, well,
1: I'll give you a really recent example. Um, New Year's. I I brought this up during the uh, the meeting that New Year's uh, club I went to. Um, Obviously, as a diabetic, I have to bring candy everywhere I go. Um, So I always have the side bag that I have with me. It's like glasses, wallet. And then it's usually like four or five Welch's in there, like my 15-gram my fruit gummies. Um, and they have a very strict bag policy at this club, obviously. So I, I go there, um, and I've like, because there's no bags allowed, I've jammed my pockets with like Welch's. There's like 10 of them in each. Um, and the bouncer is like, oh, like, what's in your pockets there? And I'm just like, oh, you know, candy. I'm a diabetic, so I need to carry this, this stuff with me in case my sugar goes low. And... They gave me a really hard time with it. Like, I had my medical bracelet. Like, I showed them, like, yo, I'm on a pump. Like, I need this stuff. But but I was going back and forth. And eventually, I had to, like, give them, like, half of the welches that I had. I could only go in with, like, four or five. And I ended up kind of being shorthanded for the night. Like, thankfully, I didn't go low. Yeah. And thankfully, they didn't make me, like, throw it out. They had them, like, in the back. So if something had happened, I would have had them. That's but, crazy. I mean it's just a pain in the ass. Especially like
0: especially like in a club, like if you were to have a bow, it takes forever to even get across the exactly. club. Like how would
1: you Yeah, like yeah. And it, this was New Year's, car. like people were packed shoulder to shoulder, like chest yeah. to chest. Like and I would've not Yeah. This is Rebel yeah. in Toronto for right? anyone yeah.
0: listening who has been there. It's I it was crazy. I do not remember if I've been living. But, yeah, it's, it was like, I know it's crazy. It, it, it
1: was, like, full capacity, yeah. 3,000 people. It, like, if I had been low, shaking hands, like, stumbling around, trying to get to the front, it, it would have been a really not good okay. situation. Um So that's something that really, like, annoyed me. And, and I deal with that sort of thing uh, a lot more than I do with any kind of, like, personal, you know, insults and stuff yeah. and okay. such like that. So just,
0: like, inconveniences.
1: Yeah, inconveniences. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good word. Okay.
0: Well, that's good that you didn't deal with any sort of major things. Mm-hmm. Um, any advice you would tell your younger self? Very general question.
2: Yep, lots
1: of, things. Lots of um, things. As it pertains to diabetes, though, a <laughs> yeah. um, couple of things. Uh, number one. Um, I guess this is, I'm going to imagine I'm talking to myself like a week after I got diagnosed. So I have like a lot of things to, to tell me. Um, look on the bright side, okay? And, I, and I'm, going to, I'm going to talk a while about this because there's a, I think there's a lot and a lot of, uh, of bright sides to a condition like diabetes. So when you really think about it, um, there's a lot more conditions that are a lot worse than diabetes. And those actually... Those are really bad. Like I'm thinking, like you know, the, the big ones, like like cancer and stuff, right? Like, like God forbid I ever get anything like that. Um, the good thing with diabetes is that it's it's really, it's just a giant pain in the butt. Like it's not like really like a job. It's not yeah. It's a job. It's it's, it's a pain. It's just it's a duty. It's a responsibility. It's not like you know you're, you're feeling physically ill. It's not like you're ever really in pain all the time. I mean maybe when you do your injections you're in pain for like 10 seconds, but that's that's different. It's not like there's no like really suffering involved. I'm never in a hospital hooked up to like an IV or like you know anything like that. It's just a pain. So well, I mean pain is good. Pain is edifying. You can you can take something that's painful and turn it into experience experience that, that's learning. And I think one of the one of the best things and one of the most useful things that I've I've extracted from diabetes as a whole is being able to like take almost any situation that one would consider undesirable and you can extract some kind of lesson out of it. Or you're going to think of a way that you're going to move forward in your life differently as a result of, of this event. And obviously, that's that's definitely not a skill that's specific to diabetes. Mm-hmm. I just think diabetes has given me a lot of practice at doing that,
2: okay. which
1: is the biggest thing because everything we do in our lives, I think – is um, mostly subconscious, like the way we think is basically just a product of habits that we've developed over the better part of 20 years almost. And and we think that we're making our own decisions, but really we're not. We're just kind of following our our instincts. And it takes a long time to cultivate and grow good instincts and habits. I think being diabetic since the age of 12 has given me so much time to practice looking at the bigger picture and being able to, you know, look at uh, the bright sides of things, right? Like, I mean, the, the the other month I I hit someone in a parking lot and then lost a bunch of money because I had to fork over money to, you know, fix the repairs. But and that was terrible. Like I was like, oh my god, how the hell did I do that? Yeah. Um. But I mean, I thought, well, because of that. I'm gonna remember this 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 accident every single time I get behind the wheel. I'm gonna drive ten times more carefully from here on out, going forward. And if and if I'm careful, I'll never get into an accident again, right? And thank God that accident happened in a parking lot and not on the highway, right? And then when you start looking at things through that lens, everything gets a lot more gets a lot clearer.
0: Everything's a lesson.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and and this can this can be applied in, in all aspects of life. Another um, thing I would tell my younger self is, um, you know, more on this on the subject of uh, looking on the bright side. Um, use it as a as an opportunity. You know, practice. Practice achieving your goals because diabetes is, is, a, is a game of goals. You know, you're going to set a goal to have a certain A1C. You're going to set a goal to, you know, not go high today. You're going to set a goal to remember your blood sugar or not remember your blood sugar, to remember your insulin. Um, it's all about setting goals and then completing them. Um, so you get a lot of practice setting goals and then working your way to them and, and developing plans, and, and I think that's a huge reason why I'm so goal oriented like literally for the past two years I carry my entire day based on this to-do list that I have on my phone yeah. and whenever I'm, I'm out or home or anytime mm-hmm. I'm always thinking in my head uh, what can I be doing right now to check one more item off this to-do list yeah. right like that's how kind of wow. I, I carry like my entire day yeah like I'm literally like, like right now I'm thinking like what am I going to do when this finishes what am I going to do when I get home And everything I do in the day, it it goes towards checking something off on this to-do list. And whether it's school-related, whether it's something personal, whether it's something family-related, it's all on one document. And even if I I go through an entire day never really taking too much of a chance to sit down and relax, if I get a bunch of things on that list done, I feel so good about myself at the end of the day. And I think, like, people listen to that and they think, like, so basically you just, like, worked all day and went to bed and never chilled and you had a good time. And they think it's so ridiculous, but, you know, we're people. Like, people feel, we as pe- I think any- completing any kind of goal makes us feel good. Like, yeah. we're, we're we're a species that likes to get things done, you know, yeah. we're, we like to, you know, show off our fruits of labor and tell people, like, look what I did, look what I've achieved, you know. Yeah. We're, we're that type of that type of species. Yeah. I, think.
0: I think most people, when I've encountered that, where they kind of, if they look down on me for completing a to-do list, it's like, because of toxic hustle culture, people think, like, you can't be hustling all the time. Like, you need to relax. You need to do some meditation, do some mental... But I feel like, like, take care of your mental health. Like, there's a huge resurgence of that, I feel like, because, huge. because in, like, the past decade, there's been, like, hustle culture has been, like, the priority, right? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of, like people going against it now but I think it all just depends on your, the person right like if you're if you are taking care of yourself but also accomplishing all your goals that's mm-hmm. like it's perfect right it's like what you thrive off of exactly and other people might thrive off something else mm-hmm. so it's like you just need to individualize it kind of
1: absolutely um, the for individual individual outlooks and needs definitely do vary um, but but one thing I, I do think in general, is it's a lot easier to to make it through dips in your life if uh if if you're working towards something in the background Mm -hmm. because if you know let's say you you're a diabetic right and you've been struggling with your sugars a lot lately Mm -hmm. um and at the same time you're also maybe chasing some kind of some kind of goal you want to get some kind of job or you want to get a promotion at work um anything literally anything right um now compare someone who has that kind of goal in their life that's that kind of drive you know diabetic same and everything and then you have someone else who is also diabetic but you know they're they don't really have anything big going on they don't really have any big uh any big goals or big ideas they're just kind of floating through the ether right i think having having a purpose having a reason to you know get up and get out of bed and, and fix problems is, is really important because if someone has no incentive to, you know, go out and have their blood sugar in a stable range, because they're just at home all day, then they won't. But if you actually have stuff going on in your life that necessitates improvement, that actually imposes, um, you know, like this, this third party being like, Hey, you need to get your shit together or else, you know, things are going to happen. Um, Then that really that really galvanizes people to to improve themselves. Um, but I think it's it's really easy to also bite off more than you can chew, and that's something also that also has to be uh, talked about because I've I've done that before, um, and it's a balancing act. You have to almost you have to walk this line where every day is a bit of a challenge, um, but. You have to also be going to bed every night, not like worried about tomorrow,
2: exactly. right? Because
1: I, th- I think, and I, I want to focus on this, this statement, every day should be a little bit of a challenge. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, the way I see it is uh, in, in this game of life, you you are your own protagonist and you're also your own audience, okay? Because an audience is someone who sees an event in its entirety. And the only person in the entire universe who sees your entire life in its entirety is you, right? Um, now, since we're kind of using this movie story metaphor, um, you know what makes a good story or a good movie? It's a character that actually, you know, has a villain, has a has an enemy that's difficult that is challenges them, and um, they have to work the entire story to to overcome that barrier, right? And the audience is only gonna like that movie if if the character is actually struggling, right? If if the character is is not doing anything or it's immediately obvious from the start that the protagonist, which again is you, um, is immediately gonna beat the villain, then the audience loses interest, right? Now I think the really interesting. In, the interesting thing about this metaphor is that you are both your audience and the protagonist. So if the audience you loses interest in your own story, well, that means the protagonist you has also lost interest, has lost interest in your own life. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not engaged, if you're not thinking every day about, like, you know, what you're going to be doing, um, what uh, is, is happening, um, then you're just going to slowly fall into this this state of, like, apathy. Like, oh, like, I don't care. I'll kind of just... Go through the motions, you know this and that. Um, and I think that I think the key is to identify a villain, and and in life we come across many villains, many obstacles, and you know as soon as you take out one, there's almost another one right behind it. Um, so it's it has to you have to constantly have this this uh, rotation of of objectives. You have to have some kind of meaning, and I think that's the the most important thing that a lot of people are are missing in in today's day and age.
0: Yeah. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm getting a bit of therapy sometimes, <laughs> like I feel like a lot of university students also are working towards goals and they're just working to keep themselves busy, mm-hmm. but they don't have a purpose. Like what would you tell people that are a little bit lost? like they
2: don't know? This is a really awesome question is, because
1: there. the other thing, and I, I know for a fact that I'm really lucky and I, I'm kind of in a position of privilege because I'm actually studying something in school that I love. Yeah. Like I, when I'm doing my homework, I'm rarely like, damn! I wish I'd be doing something else because I don't, I don't really wish I could be doing something else. Like I love looking at these problems, um, and and finding uh, you know math and physics and like all this stuff. I'm really interested in it, but I, I know very well that a lot of people um, aren't as deeply invested into their educations as uh, as I am, um, and if and if if that's the position you find yourself in. I think the only thing that you can do is to find something that actually does uh, really, really make you passionate. And that's really hard to do. That's yeah. really, really hard to do. Um, and I don't even know if I can offer any hardcore advice on that right now um, beyond just uh, if you're trying to find an interest, talk to a lot of people, read a lot of books, yeah. go out a lot. Um you know, see the world, and, and something's bound to strike you at some point.
0: Have you ever heard of the flow state? No. When you're doing work? So, like, there's these, like, theories about when you're doing, when you're writing especially. I've experienced it mostly when I'm writing. But it just feels like there's it's only you and the activity you're doing. Like, you forget that you're even, it's just so enjoyable, and you're so in the moment with the activity that it just feels, like, easy to do, even yeah. if it's work. And that's, like, I feel like that's where people can look to if they are struggling to find a passion. Because I've only had those experiences like a couple times in my life. Really? And it's been things that I'm really passionate about, like writing or like making videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it's just joyful there's no other word to describe it it's just
1: that's I- that's interesting maybe maybe I'm in a in a 24 7 flow state or something okay. <laughs> <laughs> no maybe not 24 7 but no that's that, okay. uh,
0: teach me your ways.
1: <laughs> you're right when I, when I am working um I, I do like often feel like it's only me like kind of in the world and it, it, it's a bit of a problem sometimes because I'll get so wrapped up in, in a particular problem and I'll just like forget about everything going on outside whether it's like know the fact that I have to sleep, or it's the fact that I have to go to my friend's house, or it's the fact that I have a lesson. I'll just like zone in on this this one question. I won't look at my phone for like two hours at a time. No. And uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it it I like it. Yeah. It's um
0: because it's very efficient too. Yeah, you get things
1: done. It, yeah, but it, it takes a it took a long time to kind of uh, get to that point. Like I haven't always been like this. Um, it's kind of been a been a slow. Build And this kind of connects back to what I was saying about how a lot of the things that we kind of just do automatically um, are actually products of, you know, habits that we've cultivated over a long, long time. Yeah. If, if I look at myself in like, you know, grade nine or grade 10, when you really think about it, that isn't that long ago. That's only like, like four years for me. Um, like I, I was like playing video games every day still. Um, I was hanging out with my friends. I was having like a lot of free time. I wasn't incredibly concerned with school, but then I started doing AP, or actually I was in AP, AP the whole time, but then grade 11 and 12 started, and grade 11 was the year that I had my AP physics exam, mm-hmm. and, and for the first time, I was kind of, you know, working for hours, every day, you know, non-stop. Physics
0: was hard in high school. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it, it definitely physics was, because it's, it's when it gets introduced, and yeah. you're, you're totally, it's like totally uncharted territory, um, but anyway, so like, I, I'm working and working, and Then grade 12 started, and having that practice from grade 11 really helped because then when I did my next AP exam, it was a little bit easier to work that much, and I was also able to balance my coursework on top of that more. And then when I went to university, I found myself being able to do even more work without really having to give myself a break, right? And then, like, I don't play any video games really these days except, like, during the breaks and, um, like, summer and stuff. Um, and now, halfway through second year, uh, like I can I can sit down at my desk for an entire day and just do work, and it'll be it'll be pretty much fine. Like I won't yeah. really feel antsy at all. Um, but like the, if you had asked me in grade ten, like do you think you'll ever be able to do that? I would have said hell no, right? But you know somehow I found myself being able to do that, and it's almost like. I can't even stop myself from doing that. Like it's not, it's no longer like a decision I make. It's just the way that I am. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just the way that I am. Right. Like if I'm sitting at home, I'm doing my work. Like there's no, there's no way around it. The only, thank you. The only,
2: the only way
1: I I really get around that is, um, is when I am with my friends. When I'm with my friends, that's when I allow myself to kind of decompress. And I I put all the work to the side and I just, Talk or I chat or I I do whatever I'm doing with my friends at the time, um, but I honestly it's go, I've gone to the point where I get myself stressed if I'm not doing something, mm-hmm. um, which I mean sometimes is a bit of a pain because sometimes you want to sit down and just chill but you're thinking about something due like three weeks from now yeah. and it's stressing you out. Um, but I think the only reason why something that's due three weeks from now stresses me out is because I've I like cultivated this yeah, mindset over so, so long, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, that's that's my point about that.
2: Yeah.
0: Well we went on a bit of a tangent, but I, I think it was really interesting probably for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um back to diabetes, is there anything that you think's been left out from this and or do you think what's is there anything that you're still dealing with in terms of diabetes that's difficult for you? Or do you think you mostly have a grasp of it now?
1: Um that's a good question. Uh, I think that I'm definitely like still dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of the thing about diabetes. It's it's always changing the way your body's doing stuff on the inside is always you know it's never constant like I'll have um I'll have a week where my blood sugar is fine and then over like four days I'll go low like 10 times for like no reason and that's kind of just like you know the way it goes sometimes um so obviously I'm I'm still figuring things out um and on like the purely like health side of things but you know my mindset um you know, the way I'm thinking, like, my, my, my state of mind is, uh, I think it's clearer than it's ever been. That's I think, great. That's uh, great you. thank you very much. Um, I think university has really helped that, uh, kind of taking on a lot of responsibilities and getting involved in as many ways as I can has really kind of helped put diabetes in the background
0: almost. Okay. And do you live off campus? In
1: yeah, yeah. I, it's about an hour commute between driving and then busing. Um, okay. Yeah, one way. So you way. live
0: at your family
1: home. Yeah, I live okay. with my family, and that's another thing that I'd also like to yeah, uh, fully disclose. Um, I I definitely can see how people would have a dif- more difficult time living on their own, on their own yeah. and, I, and that's something that I'm, I'm hugely symp- uh, sympathetic toward because I I do have a bit of a safety net where I live, which is again as I've spoken about mainly my mother. Um, which isn't really at everyone's, uh, everyone's disposal. Um, if you find yourself in a situation, if you're one of those people who's living alone and you don't really have a, like a support team 24 um, seven, I would maybe just try to uh, try to find someone. Honestly, maybe if you, whether it be a roommate or a, a friend that maybe isn't like living with you, but someone who you can talk to regularly, if you have someone in your life that is willing to make that kind of commitment, then that would be a, That would be awesome. That's my recommendation.
2: I see you're. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm getting a call. I'm just gonna. Okay. That is great, and I think you've offered some amazing advice, not only in terms of diabetes, but school life in general, and you've said a lot of things that I think diabetics and non-diabetics can relate to, especially I can relate to. <laughs> Thank I want to you, get yeah. this mindset kind of productivity lifestyle on. <laughs> <drawn. laughs> I need that. Um, okay, let me see if I have anything else. Um, I mean, is there any myths about diabetes that you want to debunk? Any, myths?
2: any diabetes
0: um, myths? Yes.
1: Yep, I know they're, we, they're, just, we
0: do do some of those on our Instagram. For yeah. anyone listening, I think so. Or last year we did at least, but yeah.
1: So okay, so there's uh there's two big ones that I can I can think of, mm-hmm. um and these these are basically uh, questions that I get a lot from people. One, what can't I eat? I can eat anything I damn well please. Okay, I just have to do the right amount of insulin for it and make a judgment call. I'm not going to drink. A cup of syrup for fun, even though I technically could. It's just not worth it. Um, And if I eat sugar, will I die? No, if I eat sugar, I will not die. I will be fine for a while.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Those are
1: the big myths I'd like to break down.
0: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Okay. Well, if you have nothing else to add, then thank you so much. I think I'm good. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And if anyone has anyone else that would just like to come on the podcast and offer up your experiences, we would love to have you just contact me. I'll leave all my stuff in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks guys.